recording. Awesome. Okay. Cool. So, here with Matthew Edson. Did I say it right? Yes. Matthew Edson, who's been working on Axe Cop the Game. That's what it's called, right? Uh, or, it's just, we're, we're or is the game just called Axe Twitter. Cop? I think right now we're just calling it Axe Cop. All right. Yeah. Solid. And um, for 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 any listeners who don't know what Axe Cop is, um, I'll I'll let Matthew uh, regale you with how it began, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> um, you well, can do like a quick synopsis. The story then, goes. Yeah. Yeah. Two brothers, uh, Ethan Nicole and Malachi Nicole. Uh, Malachi, Malachi was five and Ethan was 29. Mm-hmm. And over uh, Christmas break, Ethan went to go see his family and hang out with his little brother. And I believe he was working on Bittermageddon or, or, or workshopping it. And he took a break from it to work on a comic book with Malachi. And it was something silly for playtime purposes. And it wound up being a huge hit and it was about a cop that had wild adventures fighting dinosaurs, aliens, and all kinds of miscellaneous bad guys with uh, a colorful bunch of characters. So many and good guys. chopping heads off with axes. So many good guys, so Just many bad good guys. guys. And so little time. <laughs> and so little time. They, uh, have you read all the comics? Are you? I've read them all at least three or four times. Nice. Um, so when I first got into it, it was, I, I just heard a buddy of mine talk about the panel he was going to. Um, and it was Comic-Con. And then I, the next year I went to um, WonderCon and they were there. And I was like, wait, I've heard of this somewhere before. I'm going to check it out. And Malachi was like running. Uh-huh running around the room with a plastic axe, like fake chopping people's heads off. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and so since then I was hooked. I was like, all right, I'll get this trade, and I'll wait wait for the next trade. I never bought single issues, but I I did get the trades. And um, six, seven books in, maybe? How many books? There's six. Six volumes. Six total. Dude, um, no spoilers for the game, but um, are you planning on or have you already worked on Everything Man? Was it Everything Man or Every Man? No, Everything Man, right? Um, I have plans for Everything Man. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have, uh, he's going to be the, the boss of, I want to say, the sixth mission. Dude, when I read that, when the, when I read that one and they did the splash for the, for the center, I was like, I was floored. I was scared. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this, this, this enemy is made of everything. <laughs> we had to, um, we had to decide whether we were going to do. The cheetah and the and on and the motorcycle versus um, junior cop, or if we were going to do everything, man, because both are going to be like a ton of work. Mm-hmm. We had to pick which one we wanted to do the most, and I think everything, man, lined up better with how the game's direction flows. 
as much as I want to do the cheetah fight, everything, man, is just too good of an idea. I mean, can you imagine having like this giant RPG boss oh. fight with all this swirling stuff in the background? Oh man, it's so scary. And I'm like, there's sharks. Break the game. There's... It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Ooh, I have an idea of how to fight everything, man. Or like the, the beginning of the fight, anyway. Is just that you would find like certain little things sticking out of everything, man, that are protruding, and you're like, oh, okay, it looks like this thing's gonna attack me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so awesome. Have you played um, Axe Cop Munchkin? I have not. Um, I'm not that familiar with Munchkin, to be honest. So it much- looks really cool. I like that Ethan made all the art specifically for it, and that seems really interesting. Yeah, Munchkin's pretty dope. Like, the thing is, is if you're playing with just a just a D20 to get you through the rooms, it's fine. But um, when I found out that they weren't making the maps anymore, I was like, oh, fuck that. I want to put my pieces on a physical map. And so I got a piece of cardboard, and I, like, Googled the, the what does the map look like? All right. And then I, like, just carefully drew it all and... I was like, all right, there. Now I have a game board. Fuck, fuck, not having awesome. a game board, Munchkin. So yeah, on the Axe Cap one, it's just like all the pieces, but all the all the um, stuff is related to the show and or show comic book, which then became a show. Oh man, with Nick Offerman and Patton Oswalt and Rob Hubel. Have you seen the show? Yeah, well? the show's great. So good. What's your favorite episode? Oh, man. Whew. I, I'm going to go by the comic just just because that's all all inclusive, and then if it seeps into the show, then we'll know. But, I mean, whew, everything, man. I love um, Unibaby. I love that whole storyline where it's just like, oh, this baby needs help. But really, it can make anything appear <laughs> anytime <laughs> using its magic horn. <laughs> oh, man. Unicorn horn is such a tricky thing. Because in, like, in the video game, we like are very careful with how we're using the unicorn horn. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's, it can do anything. <laughs> So if you give a player the ability to do anything, then what are they playing the game for? Yeah. So we had to uh, we had to kind of carefully balance the usage of the unicorn horn and restrict it to like certain characters like Unibaby or Uniman. Otherwise, you just break the game. Yeah, it'd probably be um, in D and D terms, it would be maybe a daily ability. Once per day, and you got to take an extended rest if you want to use it again. <laughs> oh man, I I, I jumped onto D and D later in life, and then I realized the value in RPG video games because I didn't like them before. I was I was like, what? I want to I want to push B, and when I push B, I swipe the sword at the person and then hit them. But after playing D and D, I'm like, oh no, there's value in turn base. This is a beautiful thing. 
And I love. I like the strategy involved and, and the decision making process that mm-hmm. the player gets. And and you make all these calculated decisions. And the stats and like, oh, what are you gonna update this or this or like, what are you gonna put your yeah. stat points towards? And it gives you a lot of freedom to really create and delve into the characters that you're playing with. And that's oh man, that's like a personal touch that a lot of video games don't have these days. Did you ever play the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga game? Yes, a long time ago. That was was that the Super Nintendo one? Uh, you might be thinking of Mario RPG. Um, I never personally played that one, although people have told me to play it. It's but like super the Mario good. and Luigi game is uh, was for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. I don't think um, I played that. One, one of the things I loved about that game was just how much you could customize your character. Mm. And that was something that I wanted to bring into the Axe Cop game. So, like, whenever you level up in the Axe Cop game, you get to pick all of your stats. Mm-hmm. And each character has a dominant stat. And you can boost that stat. But, like, you can't spam it and do it every level. you gotta you got to at least do it every other level if you want to get the maximum out of it. But, like, little stuff like that, like you, you mentioned the stats and stuff from D&D, mm-hmm. that's something that I pulled from my love, like, Mario and Luigi and classic RPGs. And I think everyone loves to customize their, their own experience. Yeah. So that's just something cool that I like to do. It's a cool it's also a cool thing because it doesn't come up a lot and then when it finally does happen, you're like, Yes, what am I gonna upgrade? <laughs> yeah. Go through your list, you're like, and Well I, I got this much strength. I could use some agility, maybe I'll dodge some dodge some attacks and Oh man, it's the best. The cool thing about the game too is that's how you learn all your moves. And a lot of the moves are based around references to, like, the comic book. Um, like, Flute Cop learns the ability to uh, throw his flute for the death throw that he does in the comic book. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's lots of little little, little things. Um, but they're all based around the stats and how you grow your character. Oh, and so the moves My favorite will character, change I think, depending on what you choose? Uh, they don't change, but you learn them based on what stats you increase. Mm, cool. Okay, go on. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. So, like, um, with uh, with soccer ring, soccer ring is kind of like it's kind of an oddball because he's kind of crazy. <laughs> so he's got like a lot of moves where, like, for instance, if his if his magic points get to be like fifty, he learns a move. I think it's called Rage Saw. Ooh. And Rage Saw lets him attack people until he runs out of MP. Okay. But just lots of little crazy stuff like that. Really keep customizing the experience. That's awesome. The more customization there is, the cooler it can be. Because you're like, oh, I played through it, I didn't beat the game. But I could do it this way this time. I could upgrade this per- this person this exactly. way. And- that's my thought process, at least. Is that way, if anybody wanted to replay the game, they could play it in a different way. Yeah, that's so awesome. Did you play Pokemon growing up? Yes, Pokemon was like my main inspiration for gaming. <laughs> Dude, that's another that's another one I picked up later. I have Fire Red, and I'm working through it, and I beat, well, I quote unquote beat it once, and so now I'm on my second playthrough, and I got, I. 
I killed some more people and then I'm like, all right, all right. And now I'm just kind of walking around and I'm like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do next. And I don't want to look up any walkthroughs because I'm like, there were no walkthroughs back then. I mean, you could maybe call the Nintendo hotline, but that cost money and I I couldn't do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, I had all the guys. I think I still have a few of them. It's so, it's so awesome. And then you're like, gotta build my team and then you leave some behind and then you take some and um, it's a really cool thing that is being set up in the Axe Cop game to bring it back that um, you got the police station as the base and then you're like alright cool right. and you got tryouts and that's kind of like how you figure out who you might end up running into later and so good really very well done on the game so far. Thanks. Thanks. And, and for, right. for the listeners, oh, can I say this? That I'm, that I may be a character in the game? Sure. I don't <laughs> mind talking about that mission. <laughs> I don't even mind sharing what the mission's about because I, I think a lot of people, once you kind of know what the bad guy is, you kind of can get a good idea of what the mission's going to be. Yeah. Like, once you know the second mission is you fight bad Santa Claus, you think, oh, I'm probably going to go to the snow planet. <laughs> or, oh, the third mission is Dr. Sneaky Head. I'm probably going to go to his lab. Um, yeah. And the fourth mission, which is the mission that you're in, <laughs> is Dr. Doodoo. <laughs> and we're, like, in the middle of production on that. And the Dr. Doodoo mission, it's very, very fun to work on. Um for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, there's a there's a group called the DDR, and the funny thing to me about that is the character you get in this mission is Baby Man. And for anybody that's a fan of the comics, Baby Man loves to dance. So the DDR thing is a play on Baby Man because you know Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. But in the game, it's the doo doo the doo doo resistance. Um. And it's being led by Lobster Man uh, and a bunch of other miscellaneous Axe Cop characters. Mm -hmm. Like characters that we don't necessarily have a place for as their own story. So we're adapting them into this story. Like uh, Electric Man, uh, Hellboy. (laughs) Not Hellboy, Hell Chicken. (laughs) Hell Chicken, Chicken Slice. Yeah. Um... In the back of, I want to say it's the third volume, uh, Ethan and Malachi did another, like another story that wasn't Axe Cop. It was about these two brothers that were vampire hunters. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, vamp- yeah, yeah. Vampire the, zombie hunters. The Moon Brothers, right? They're going to, the what? Don't they live on the moon or? Um... Those are the Moon Warriors. Oh, Moon I, Warriors. I don't. Shoot. I think their names are Jack and John, and they, if you remember from the TV show, there was, they were, Jack and John weren't on the show, I don't believe, but an aspect of their story was where they had to deal with the secret president of the United States, or the secret president, he was, it was so secret that he didn't even know he was the president. <laughs> John are in the in the DDR. 
Yes. Oh, man. It's just like you don't really know who's going to be in it because it's like it's this big, elaborate thing. Um, and one of the characters is uh, is you, is, is Doug. <laughs> um, and Doug, I won't reveal Doug's story because yeah. it's part of what makes the game fun. But uh, Doug has a big part in, or I guess you have a big part in the mission <laughs> itself. Yes, Dougathan in the game. And the only and way... And I can't confirm that you do not die, so... Oh, you, yeah. You're around for a little longer. Hell yeah. <laughs> and the only way you can play yeah. the game is if people go to patreon.com slash Ethan Nicole, right? Uh, I think that's the link. But you can still Google it and it would come up. But yeah, uh, he's given... Uh, I've give, we've given them him the, the ability to give the betas of the game to his followers. So I think he, if you're at like a $2 pledge level, uh, he'll per let month. you play the game. Yeah. Yeah. $2 per month. Um, and you can play the whole game. Uh, if you don't feel like playing all the content, you, I, I've attached all the save data in there. So you can just pick up right at the new mission. So like the new, the mission that he has now, you could start right at Dr. Sinkyhead's lab. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, yeah, listeners, if you want to play the game, patreon.com slash Ethan Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, or just Google Axe Cop video game, and it'll, you'll find it. I, I Sorry, I, inter- I interrupted what you were saying before. Go, um, do you remember what what it was? Uh, we were just talking, talking about, about the, um, the story the and the secret parts and the, um, yeah. One of the neat things about the Dr. Gudu mission is, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, uh, it has been very funny <laughs> this whole, uh, summer and into the winter discussing Dr. Gudu <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> um, but, in the comic book, Dr. Doodoo, he tried to uh, take over London mm-hmm. and kidnap the queen and such. So in the, com- in the, in the game, Dr. Doodoo is teamed up with Hasta Mia, which is Lobster Man's um, evil sister, who became, who gained the ability to turn people into zombies because she was really mean. Oh, yeah. The Don- best zombie explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> She's beaten, so she made zombies. <laughs> There's no fancy viruses. She's just mean. <laughs> Ooh, why can she turn people into zombies? Because she's mean. Because <laughs> she's mean, man. But like, the cool thing about this mission is it all it's all adapted into a video game world, but the entire thing is based on real locations, which makes it awesome and a little bit challenging because we want to make sure that it always looks and feels like, like the source material. Yeah. So, like, the mission opens up and you fight on the Westminster Bridge <laughs> and there's, like, this big skyline of London. Yeah. Um, and then you actually, the bulk of the mission is inside of the House of Parliament. So, we found <laughs> this uh, this website that actually has a virtual tour of the House of Parliament. It's, like, oh. all 3D. So we're, like, yes. going through this tour, seeing what the layout is, seeing what we can <laughs> adapt and what we 
can make little adjustments on. Mm-hmm. And we just built the whole mission off of that. And it's been a really awesome tool. That's so awesome. Oh, man. Making video games. How long have you been making games? This this isn't your first game. Is it? Uh, I've been making games since I was 13. But I didn't really get super serious and professional about it until, like, 2012. All right. Well, um, you, you've heard of Rogue Legacy, yeah? Uh, no. Platformer. It started on Steam Greenlight, and um, it's, a, it's a roguelike. So you go through and you, you go kill the bad guys in all the dungeons, and then there's, like, a main bad guy. And then you keep going, but you're building your, your character as you go, and death is like built into the system because when you die, you take whatever uh, money you had, and then you buy your upgrades for your character. And your character is okay. different every time. You get like different um, abilities and stuff. And so anyway, this game was on Steam Greenlight. It got voted in, and then it was like anyone can buy it and then so many people bought it that PlayStation was like hey can we put our game can we put your game on PlayStation and I buried the lead me and my friend were playing playtesting that game like the day before it released on Steam Greenlight and so right. me and that friend and a couple of our other buddies who are like just online gaming friends with the makers of this game are in the game. And yeah. So I'm like, I'm in that game. Now I'm in this fucking cool ass ax cop game. (laughs) 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 (sighs) You have a story arc. A story arc. Hell yeah. Don't have a story arc in the other one. You don't or you do do not. No, it's just like a it's just like a throw. Like um it'll be like in the main screen if you see Sir Culp, that's me. Sir Sir Culp. Yeah. And then Sir Taco, that's our that's our friend Tyler. And Sir Josh nice. or Sir Josh or Sir Hornsby. It's one of the one or the other, but that's our buddy Josh. And I'm like, that's so cool, cool that the yeah, the if you're making a game, of course you can put your friends in the game. <laughs> so awesome. That's the best part. Oh, like, so uh, we got a lot of Ethan's Patreon followers in the game. Nice. Uh, like in the the previous mission, uh, Dr. Sinky had, had kidnapped a bunch of people. Because mm-hmm. he had like a jail cell floor, which is where Axcap is detained mm. um, in that mission. But there's like a bunch of Patreon followers there as well that he kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) One of the neat things that we get to do in the game, um, and it's like a game-specific thing, um, because the comics kind of fizzled for a little while. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stories that they didn't necessarily ever do more with. And one of the things that we're using is, do you remember the the Ben 10 Matanga? No. Or the Ten Ben Matanga. Wait. I get it wrong every time I say it. Ten Ben. Ten Ben or Ben ten. Yeah, uh vaguely. Remind me what the uh, remind me what the powers are. Oh god, I don't know all their powers. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know like uh there's Barry the Viking 
he's like a space Viking and he can command other Vikings. Um, okay. you got Larry, he's the master of whips. Yeah. Uh, Bax is a fire swordsman. Courtney is a master of karate. Uh, <laughs> Bobby kind of is like the leader. Well, the cool thing about the Dr. Stingy head mission and like, this is, this is like an example of like the lot, the various threads that I'm connecting to tell the overall Axe Cop story in RPG format. Yeah. Axe Cop, he was, a, all of his stories are in small, in small increments. And there are very, very small threads that connect him to other stories. Mm-hmm. For instance, Dr. Stinky Head is a big bad guy in like the middle of volume one with the Moon Warriors. Yeah. All right. Well, there's also a small little Ask Axe Cop about when Axe Cop went to school, to fighting school. Mm-hmm. And Stinko, Stinko was there, which is Dr. Stinky Head at a very young age. And the 10 Ben Matanga was there. And Dr. Stinky Head was actually part of that group. So, like, one of the fun things we get to do is, why is Dr. Stinky Head not in the group when they get older? It's because he's evil. So, yeah. what happened? What does Dr. Stinky Head think about all of that? So, uh, in the Dr. Stinky Head mission, he actually has kidnapped one of the 10 Ben Matanga. Uh, and then they tell you about a side quest about how all of them are scattered across the world. Um, and then when you find them all, yeah, when you find them all, because uh, they're all like brainwashed. So when you, you have to fight them all. So they're all like 10 very unique boss fights or nine very unique boss fights. But when you save all of them and they all go back to the Axe Cop station, you can actually go fight the bad guy that's mentioned in the Ask Axe Cop panel. Uh, his name's General A. We got the, we got the okay from Ethan to do all of the General A stuff, even though it wasn't in the comic book. So we get to create canonical content, and I'm very excited about that. That's so awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone listening is like, well, I haven't <laughs> have or haven't read X-Cop, but you will now after this episode. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, you got to just push yourself in it. That's true. Start with Start with, I feel like Volume 1 is the one everyone probably read. Yeah. But I think the best Axe Cop story's got to be Bad Guy Earth. That's the best one. Oh, Bad Guy Earth. Is that when he's the president of the world? No, that's the that's uh, that's two volumes later. Secret president? Bad Guy Earth is when um, there's a machine that they make to turn bad guys into good guys. Well, bad guys acquire the machine. And then they use it to turn good guys into, into bad guys. Bad guys, yep. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's just every page, just the rules change all the time, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> bad guy Earth. Oh man, that one's going to be a challenge for sure. Yes. Got to get you. Got to get the machine. Got to get to the machine. You got to trick them and distract them and change the machine to make the bad guys back into good guys, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I've already got it all planned and put it in place, but, but I do. Hell, yeah. Oh, man. That's another sign of... I mean, it's my favorite one, so... so the it's sign in of there good, prominently. Another sign of a good game is 
as like planning and all the effort that goes into it. It's a um, lot of planning. And you can't be you can't be lazy with the planning of an axe cop game because you're like, Well, there's so many characters. <laughs> there's so many rules. Yeah. Like I gotta I gotta be faithful to all of it and so you just gotta But also make it an engaging game. So it's creating the adaptation is very, very fun. I feel like the planning of the game is probably my favorite part because I get to read everything and I get to think to myself, how is this going to work? Yeah. Like creating that backstory with Dr. Stevie Head, connecting all those dots. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. How Do you long... have a favorite good guy that's not Axe Cop? Oh. <sighs> Maybe... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, um, I mean, Sakurang is <laughs> pretty amazing. Sakurang is good. He's good. And, good. and it helps a lot that Patton Oswalt is the voice of Sakurang in the cartoon. <laughs> so, He's so I just, good. I just imagine him, like, walking around with those crazy, just sock arms. His arms are made of socks, and then he throws them, and then they come back. <laughs> That's his gimmick, you know? <laughs> Suckering. <laughs> oh, Wexter. Then there's Wexter. I mean, come on. Wexter's, Wexter's good. A flying T-Rex. He's one of those things that's so overpowered <laughs> that we had to figure out the best way to use him. Yeah. It's just like between planets, right? Um, it can go anywhere as fast as he wants. Machine gun arms, machine gun turret fire arms, breath. fire breath, flying through space. <laughs> he can. He also has spikes that come out of his back if anybody sits on him that's not an axe cop. And he has sunglasses. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. I think he has a tiny little bed, too. What's the best part about your dinosaur? Well, he wears some cool-ass sunglasses. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, Wexter. I got a, I got a toy at um, uh, Comic-Con one time that was Axe Cop and Wexter. And I was like, I'm not taking this out of the box. <laughs> I bought that earlier this year, and I thought to myself, I could take it out of the box and display it in my office, and it'd be great. And I thought the same thing to you. I don't want to take this out of the box. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so really few... cool, and I love looking at it, but I don't want to take it out. Yeah, so few things these days are like pristine in the box, or even just kept in the box, and so you're like, it, it, it has all of its, um, uh, uh, the product integrity, like it's still there. Nothing, nothing has right. been worn down. And um, that's funny because it's like that whole plot of Toy Story Two, right? The guy who's collecting all the toys to just put them in their box and then set them down, and then he's like, "I'm gonna sell it to all these investors." And you're like, "Holy shit!" Or is that part three? Anyway. Are you excited about Toy Story 4? I am. I ha I've only seen the teaser, but it looks dope. That's all I've seen, too. 
with like the the uh, spork. It's like I'm not yeah. a toy. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, you made your own toys once mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. So what happened if a toy you made had to play with toys that were real? Mm-hmm. So that's really funny. <laughs> it has the crisis of self. It's like, do I exist? <laughs> I'm supposed to be in the heat. I would wonder how they keep coming up with ideas. They keep finding new ways to tell stories about toys. And that's, like, really interesting. I mean, yeah, it's been a big part of everyone's life for the past, I don't know, uh, I was going to say 100 years, but how long has... It's, it's been going on a long time. It's been going on so long... I, it's been going on so long that now there's all the... Uh, all of the systems are coming back as blah, blah, classic. And then you're like... With not all the games, we got a bunch of them though, and you're like, well, just give me all the games. <laughs> just give me all the games for the NES Classic, SNES Classic. There's the Genesis one, the Atari one. When are they gonna put like all of the like the Disney games that came out, like on a thing? Like Disney should just let people release them. Because those were amazing games when I was a kid. Like, I played the heck out of, like, the Aladdin game. Yeah. I remember the Toy Story game being a lot of fun. The Lion King game was super hard. I want to play it again. But, you know, like, they made some really legit games. I would love to play them again. Yep. Dude, Aladdin was a game I spent a lot of time playing. Aladdin was so difficult. Lion King, yeah. too. I didn't play Lion King that much, I don't think. But I remember playing Aladdin and just being like, oh, fuck. How do I beat this game? <laughs> it was so cool because it went through the whole the whole movie mm-hmm. and it went through it pretty good mm-hmm. through apples and had a sword. Yeah, you're my only friend, Abu. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh shit. Well, um, what um, what's something in game gaming slash game making that you haven't done that you would love to do? I want to make a platforming game someday. Ooh. It's never worked out for me to do it, but I've always wanted to. I know I'm really good at making RPGs. Like I, I know the thought process involved with making a good thought-out world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to make a game where you can just run through it once in a while. Like an like an adventure island type, or like a. Yeah, yeah. Like um, Mario. Uh, funny enough, I was gonna make a game um, that was gonna be a spoof on Mega Man but it was going to be an, an RPG. And when we were uh, pitching the Axe Cop comic, uh, game to Ethan, mm-hmm. we actually destroyed the Mega Man RPG, and that is what Axe Cop became. All of the mechanics that I built for that game is into this. Oh. And if I ever had the opportunity, I would go back and I would make that game, but I would make it as a side-scroller. Awesome. What's the... Uh... Is it a par? It's a parody on Mega Man. So uh, it's kind of like my own take on it. Oh, okay. it was called Red and Blue. And <laughs> it was just about these two robots. Nice, and they'd get abilities and different upgrades and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like um, everything I planned for that game, I wound up using as different characters for um, for Axe Cop. Like 
the red the red robot, he was going to have an ability where he could push and pull heavy boxes. Well, that's the main mechanic I use for Baby Man. Yeah. Um, Baby Man can move special boxes that had like a baby symbol on them. <laughs> uh, the blue one had a sword, and the sword could chop stuff. And well, that's that's Axe Cop right there. Yes. Oh, There's man. a lot of new abilities just for Axe Cop the game. Like, uh, as you mentioned, Soccer Ring can throw his arms and they come right back to him. <laughs> you actually can. <laughs> you can throw his sock, like, uh, if you're at, like, an edge, like, of, like a platform or something, you can mm-hmm. throw his sock as remote-controlled, like, boomerangs, and you can collect items and hit switches and stuff. Whoa! I like that. Ooh, that's yeah, it was a lot awesome. of fun. Shit. And uh, Bat Man has a grappling hook. Yes, Bat Warthog Man. <laughs> He's my favorite. He's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel awful but great that I planned him so late into production of the game. Like, I knew I was going to use him from day one, but... He did, he's mission five, and we're on mission four. So as soon as we finish London, we're going to work on mission five. And it's going to be a lot of fun. He's a bad word on man. Dude, how many missions do you foresee? I'm saying with, um, e- with well, everything that's is, out. Oh, okay. Go on. The plan is seven, and then we'll have one major side mission um, after... The, the game is released. Like the game will launch with seven total missions, and then the eighth one will be like the first batch of three DLC. Ooh. It'll be like optional. Yes, dude. That's so awesome. I'm really excited to a get through the game, b see where it goes from where it's at. Wait, I went to, from A to C, didn't I? <laughs> a. Uh, there's a letter in between. B to see where it goes. I think that's what I said, and I confused myself a little bit. C <laughs> to, you know, just, I mean, see that future platformer. That'll be dope. And also just to see how in-depth and awesome this game is going to be. Hell yeah. At Soda Piggy, right? Yeah, Soda Piggy. Soda Piggy is uh, my partner on this. We actually have a four-person team on the game, but Soda Piggy and myself are the primary developers of it. Yeah. Like, I do all of the programming and all of, like, the... Everything that you see on the map, like, the main area that you can walk around, mm-hmm. that's art that I've drawn. But, like, all of the bigger stuff, like the battles and, like, the big graphics and enemies and stuff, those are all things that Soda Piggy does. Soda Piggy also does all of the main music for the game oh, and nice. some of the some of the sound effects. Um, and then we have, uh, his name's Richard, Richard Upchurch with Spoonweaver Studios. He does all of our little mini games. Like, uh, in London, you're going to be able to play croquet and... Uh, <laughs> The snow planet, you actually go snowboarding down a cliff on your axe. Yes. And the second one is like this little Tetris style uh, mini game. Um, and then we have Ryan McQuinn um, with Neon Dolphin. He does all of our sound effects. Um, and we met him earlier this year when we uh, 
demoed the game at the Orlando IX in Florida. And that was a really fun experience because we got to see, like, we know people are enjoying the game, but we've never actually, like, seen what they like about it. Yeah. So demoing the game was very educational, um, and that was a lot of fun, and we're definitely doing that next year. And you guys had a um, a USB, like an NES-style controller, right? When you're yeah. demoing Yeah, it? it took a long time to figure out the right one, but yes. That's so awesome. I have one. And I, like, plugged it in because I was going to play a little bit before we talked again, and I didn't didn't get to it because I, I was trying with the controller, and I was like, well, it's not working. I'm going to have to do it on the keyboard. And I was like, I'll play, I'll play another time. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be... you definitely got to do it on the, on, the, uh, on the joystick. That's the best way to play. Is does it? Um, is there an option to go in and change it? Because I I went into controls and all it had was the keyboard. Um, not in that build of the game. The cool. next build will have it built in. All right. Um, okay. I feel like the because we use an engine called the uh, official Hamster Republic RPG Creation Engine. Yeah. Uh, which we call it just the OHR. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, it's like a, it's like an indie game maker. So one of the things they've implemented like in the last month, which is definitely after the last stable demo was released is they implemented, um, gamepad support. So that'll definitely be there for the London mission. That's so awesome. Dude. So how did you, how did you, um, I think we might be almost out of time. I'm like trying to be conscious of when you got to get back to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit more. Okay. Um how did, how how did you originally like get hooked up with making the game and like um reaching out and just being like, "Oh, I can make this game now?" Okay, cool. <laughs> um yeah. it's it's a very fun story i feel like um my dad always told me if you don't try for something you'll never get it mm-hmm. which is like it's just stupid great advice mm-hmm. so <laughs> i just got on facebook and i went to the axe cop page and i just sent it a message because the name of the page says axe cop fan page yeah so i thought it was just somebody that was running the fan page and i just sent him a message that says hey um I'm Matt with Red Triangle Games. Uh, we'd love to make a video game for you. And turns out that was actually Ethan running the page. <laughs> Ethan said, you know, let's let's take a look at it. So we built the prototype, which that whole prototype is the whole first mission of the game at the Land of Volcanoes. We had a bunch of Skype calls with Ethan uh, to kind of make some tweaks before we kind of just, he let us go. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And the rest is kind of history. Oh man, that's so awesome. Oh, it's it's true. If you want to do something, you gotta you gotta take a shot. You gotta try. You gotta you, yes. If you don't try, you'll never do it. Mm-hmm. Simple. And now I'm working on like the project I've always wanted to do my whole life is work on something amazing like Axe Cup. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so so dope. Um, I I feel like this has been an awesome episode. Do you do you have anything else? Do you want to plug? Um, 
any any podcasts or other shows or games that you're excited about? Um, well, uh, sure and follow us on like uh, Facebook.com slash Retriangle Games and we're on Twitter. Uh, we can't get all the way to Red Triangle Games, but it's at Red Triangle Game. Uh, you, we post pictures and stuff of all the upcoming stuff that we're working on. Um, one of our good friends, and also a game that Soda Piggy worked on, is uh, Super Walrus Games. Mm. And they just put out a game for Kaiju Big Battle. Um, it's like a traditional RPG uh, about the monster wrestlers. And they just put that game out like in, on Halloween. So what? they've been promoting that. Yeah. Kaiju yeah. Big Battle? I'll have to, uh, yes. I'll have to get you uh, Super Walrus Games information so you can talk to them. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So, Soda Piggy did all the art for that as well. Um, super proud of them for finishing the game. and Yeah. It's just so, And they also use the OHR engine. So, uh, so awesome. always want to show support for, for other indie developers. Hell, yeah. Well, dude. I mean, game for life. What, uh, real quick, we'll do a speed round before you have to go back. What are some of your favorite games of all time? Go, like, a top. Just start naming some from, like, your top 20. It doesn't have to be, like, top two or three or whatever. Uh, Mega Man X, Donkey Kong oh. Country, Mario and Luigi, Superstar Saga 1, uh, Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, uh, so good. All the all the Zeldas for the Game Boy, not the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, uh, Pokemon. Uh, wait, let's go through a couple of the Zeldas for Game Boy. There's Link's Awakening. Yeah. There's um, Staff of Oracle Time. Oracle Seasons and Oracle of Ages. Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages. Oh yeah, and they connected, and it was like when she. Yeah. Once you yeah, it was such a pain in the butt to do it. Oh, man. And once you beat the one, you had to get the code and, like, write it all down and then yeah. input it into the next game. And then it's like, okay, and the story continues. I was so excited. stupid link cable and connect two Game Boys together. That way then you could transfer save data from Oracle of Seasons into Oracle of Ages so you could go to the true final dungeon of the game. Oh, Oh, yeah. That link cable is a mess. <laughs> it should have been called a him cable. <laughs> it's like the worst oh, joke I've ever made. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but it was so relevant. Was you good. know, with that, I, that joke was just too triforced. You know, it was just... <laughs> oh. oh, man. How many more you got? That's it. But uh, a buddy of mine, <laughs> a buddy of mine, at, just like, that's it. No more than all the puns. Yeah, that's it. I'm not gonna dig the hole any deeper. Um, my buddy at fake Mike Malloy on Twitter. He he's been starting like fake beefs, just putting flat out wrong information and seeing how many people bite. And one of the things was, um, it's so weird that. Uh, the whole time you're trying to save Zelda and really you're just Zelda the whole time. And then people are like, his name is Link! <laughs> and he's like, no. How many, like, like, 
the whole time. He's, like the first Zelda game I ever played was Link's Awakening. So I'm playing it, and I'm thinking that the little dude, the little elf guy, is Zelda. Is Zelda. Yeah. But then he's Link. Like, I play another game later, and they say, oh, that's not Zelda, that's Link. And I'm like, what? No, I just played Zelda. <laughs> Sorry, Link. Your princess is in another castle. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but yeah, it's such a fun. He's like, he's like, oh man, I can't believe, can't believe Zelda has that sword and that shield. It's gonna do a real <laughs> good job. <laughs> oh shit. And then they play with Smash Brothers, and that just totally changes everything. Like what? Yeah. When is Zelda in Smash? Link is in there. Zelda and Sheik. I've played a little bit. I'm okay. I'm like, I'm I'm the best with Samus, and then Link is my second best. But I'm not great with Link. And then I mean, anyone else is just kind of like, maybe I'll play them. Maybe I'll do okay. Just a lot of button mashing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the cool thing about Smash is there's only like two main buttons and then a joystick, so... Yeah, whenever someone... Uh, and then everything else is just how good you want to be. Whenever someone's Kirby, I'm like, you son of a bitch, you, like, floating forever, stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, Kirby's super powerful, and that's a really... Those games, man, those games were really fun, where you're just like, okay... I loved uh, Kirby Superstar uh, for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's so good. I guess I'll. Uh, that was such an exciting game. I guess I'll Hoover in bad guys in my mouth and then spit them out as stars and like random debris. <laughs> I think my favorite game of all time, and I can't believe I missed it when you were asking for the lightning round. Mm-hmm. Is Final Fantasy Nine. Final Fantasy Nine is my favorite game of all time. Oh, since I told you I, uh, earlier that I got into RPGs late, I missed. All of those games. I missed all the Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, and one, um, uh, another RPG that was like just getting me into RPGs now is uh, Breath of Death Seven. Have you heard of that one? It's, I have not. It's just like an RPG, retro RPG on Steam, and um, so I was playing it and they've got like jokes and so there's some writing in there and I'm like alright that's cool and then they made another game called Cthulhu Saves the World and I was like wait the story is Cthulhu got his powers taken away by someone who like got an elder sign and like fucking calmed him down and so Cthulhu has to prove that he's good by saving the world from what? monsters that are out already, monsters that he likes, monsters that are, like, helping destroy the world, but he has to prove that he's good by saving the world so that he can then take it over. And so that's the, <laughs> that's the point of the game. That sounds so ridiculous. It's probably amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, Cthulhu saves the world. So, yeah, um, I'm all in on RPGs for the rest of my life. It's just going to take the rest of my life to play all the ones I want to play. And you should I'm a- definitely add Final Fantasy IX to your list. Dude, I gotta play... I mean, Seven is the one with Sephiroth, right? I fought Sephiroth in... Yeah. ...in um, Kingdom Hearts and won. Oh. That's a tough fight. The first, 
the first Kingdom Hearts Sephiroth fight is very hard. It's the one, which is the one where you get his sword? Uh, you don't get his sword. I feel like you yes, get I did. a sword. I, you, you, you don't get the mass immune in Kingdom Hearts, and you get a sword called the Fenrir, and it's like a car key. There's two different... And that's in Kingdom Hearts 2. There's two different outcomes to the fight. And one of them, you get his sword. I'm like 98% sure on this because I went back and I was like, wait, you can get the sword that he's actually using? And yeah, you do. And yeah, it's super strong. Um, I got to Google that again. It's been a very long time, but I remember. Right. Yeah. Sephiroth. <laughs> Yeah, that's a nutty fight. Oh, man. Hell yeah, dude. Well, uh, any any last uh, any last parting words of advice to the listeners? Any um, anything to go out uh, on? Just uh, if you want to do something, just just try. Like, what's what's the worst thing that happen if somebody tells you no? Yeah. Just put yourself out there. And go for whatever you believe in. And if you work hard enough, you can get it. Never stop trying. Hell yeah, dude. And also follow us on social media. <laughs> yeah, at Soda Piggy, <laughs> at Red Triangle Games. And... Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, well, dude, thanks again for doing this. And we'll have yeah, to... Man. We'll have to have an update later and like do a do a return episode or something and I'm glad yeah, we could do that. I'm glad we could do this on your lunch break. Yeah, it worked out real good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being accommodating. Awesome. Well, this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and Oh, I was gonna see if you said your name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, and Matthew Edson of Red Triangle Games. And Matthew Edson of Red Triangle Games. All right. <laughs> that was so awkward. No, no, it was awesome, dude. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. And listeners, thanks for listening. So, I'll see you later, Matthew. All right, man. Later, thanks Doug. again. All right, later. Yeah. Bye. Bye.